Hey, what's up? What's up? What's up, gang? Welcome to episode 18. As promised, I will you know, announce the episode in the beginning. Hosted by your host, uh, Cap Jack. Just another Knicks fan, Jack F. I go by a lot of AKAs. And um, this may be random, but I heard Chris Brown turn 31 this week on Cinque de Mayo, a.k.a. Taco Tuesday. A beautiful, you know, day to celebrate and, and have fun outside. But, you know, the circumstances said no. But it's crazy that I found out, like, he's 31 or something. Because with him being 31, it also means that I'm getting old. Like, so, do I, so me knowing that he's getting older, it also means that I'm getting older, and I don't know if I feel like accepting that, you know. Like, nah, I don't want to get older. But it's a part of life, yo. You know, what could you do? Yeah, that was, that was very random, but I had to, like, acknowledge that fact that I was feeling that way. But uh, happy birthday to him and everyone else in May and April and March and February and January. Um, I guess, you know, a lot of people have birthdays in those days throughout this year so far, so... But yeah, yeah, back to a regular action, man. Back to back to basketball, back to episode eighteen. And and I was thinking, like, what if if the season really continue, how are they gonna do that? You know, you got thirty teams in one location, but how many stadiums are they gonna use? You know, cause a lot of people at least including myself, I'm thinking, okay, they're in one location and I'm acting like they got fifteen stadiums to play in. And I know that can't be the uh, the actual situation, actual scenario. And, you know, it might be like a summer league setup. You know, triple, triple headers, back to back to back on some March Madness type of shit. But, like, what's whack about it is the fact that, you know, it can't be packed in attendance with fans and whatnot. And I hope they don't try to charge us extra. And the season starts back up because I know they're trying, they need to make that money back. I know they lost a lot of money, and I know they're going to try to make it back. And hopefully, they don't try to take it out on us in, in terms of getting their money back. But if it comes back and NBA come back, and they're coming back with triple headers, like I know my productivity is going to take a, a big hit you know, with all these games happening at once. And I'll just be thankful to get my exercises in and eating my vitamins, you know, that'll be my victory for the day. You know, but I also wonder if that's gonna impact the Olympics because I know it's supposed to be this summer. And I wonder if you know how they live in Tokyo, if you see it and you it's a tough song. Um it's called uh, Fast and Furious by the Teriyaki Boys. I think I don't know the exact name, but it's just you type that in Fast and Furious Teriyaki Boys. And that song will pop up and you will enjoy it. And, you know, speaking of the Olympics, you know, I hope that resumes as well, something I also look forward to. But what I didn't like about the Olympics was earlier, I think his name is Jerry Colangelo or something like that. And he really disrespected Melo by dubbing him. Like, oh, we don't need that media attention. We don't need a distraction. Meanwhile, like, there's so many players saying that they don't want to play. Now, I don't want to mention the players' names and stuff, but 
they were more focused on winning a championship. There's nothing wrong with that. It's not like Melo doesn't want to win a championship, but it was a point in time where no one wanted to pick him up. But at the same time, you know, Melo is the Olympic all-time leading scorer for the, for the USA. And now being with the Blazers, he shows you that he's not washed up. He's not trash, and he never was. So he can't even give him an invite. And I'm going to be honest, man. I know LeBron's not too far away from taking his all-time scoring record on the Olympic list and whatnot. He might just be five or six points away. I think he's, like, right there. Not too crazy. You know, therefore, you know, if they do cancel this year's Olympics, or at least, like, the basketball portion, I, I wouldn't be too mad just for that reason because it, it would help Melo maintain his record of being the all-time Olympic scorer. Uh... Because I know the next time the Olympics will come around, LeBron going to be like 35. I mean, he's 35 now. He might be 39 for the next Olympics. He'll be 40. Or like by that time, he might be retired or too cool to participate in the Olympics. So, you know, that's one thing Melo can, you know, have under his name that he's the all-time Olympic scorer and an NCAA champ. And that's crazy. Like all Melo really missing from his resume is a championship ring. And uh, I hope he gets that this year or next year. And all his jab steps, which make his game so beautiful. And he also has, to me, probably one of the most beautiful forms that I've seen in the game of basketball. And I really think he does, but it sounds biased, but that should look beautiful, man. But if I had to teach people the proper form of how to shoot, I, mean, I would have to take Clay or Ray Allen. You know, they really understand the whole art of shooting the rock properly. You know, they get it, though. Like, their elbow is always in. They're flicking the wrist and following through. They shoot the ball the same every single time. And that's that's the key. They shoot the same every single time. I think, uh, what's his name on the Nets? Joe Harrison. He did pretty good in a three-point shootout this year, too. He also got a cannon. 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 And he also shoots the ball the same every single time. And I think... When you want someone to learn how to shoot, you, you know, form is the most important thing. And uh, and it's difficult. Like, we've seen great players in the NBA that can't shoot free throws and stuff like that. But, you know, the best shooters have probably the best form. Reggie Miller, I don't know how to explain his form, but he shoots it the same every single time. And I almost forgot my guy, Allen Houston. That's my guy right there, yo. He give you a light 25 off the jab, one dribble pull up, pump fake drive. It's like he's gonna give you 25 with nothing flashy at all, just just all mechanics. Like he got the toolbox with him, and he's gonna just get his 25 with that toolbox. You know, I know a lot of y'all probably thinking like, yo, how how do I not say Stephen Curry or Stuff Curry? You know, what I mean, he is arguably. The best shooter of all time. And I agree with that. I do think he is the best shooter of all time. You know, that boy is simply the exception. Like, I think him not having an actual form is what makes him the best shooter of all time. You know, sometimes it feels like he's just throwing up the rock in the air. And that's really it. But I've seen footages. I've seen tapes of him practicing all these scenarios and he's prepared for every single situation so I know he's just not jacking it up 
But to that uh, person that just watches the game and and goes on about the day, they'll be like, oh, man, damn, he just throws it up and it goes in. And, and think, like, he didn't put his hours in. And, you know, at some point I felt like, oh, he's just nice like that. But, you know, they show the Warriors pregame warm-ups where he's throwing the ball on the floor, picking it up and all that stuff. But, you know, I'll be thinking, how how is someone following through when they're not even looking at the rim? Like, we've seen these highlights of Steph Curry just shooting in, just turning around, and, and that shit goes in. And... And we've seen the disrespect that he's done with that position, man. Like, he's given his... I've seen the three-pointer he made. He's not even looking at the rim. He shot it. Turns around and gives Andre Iggy the dap. I think it was in the preseason, but that's still a wild disrespectful, dog. You know, um, but it's Curry, though, man. So it's, it's really hard to, like, get at Curry for being that way sometimes. He's like a he's like a, like a dude. But the cool thing about Curry, though... Like, we've seen his game progress in the A from year to year. And that's what's amazing because I remember watching the Nuggets versus Warriors series, the playoff series in 2013 in the first round. You know, I had the Nuggets winning that shit because I'm like, yo, the Nuggets got some, like, experienced players. They had Iggy, they had... I can't remember everyone on the team right now, but they had some veteran players and the Warriors were young and up and coming. So I'm like, yo, the Warriors probably going to lose this one in in the hard-fought series. But Curry was like, nah, I'm cool. I'm going to go off. And that's what he did. And he was shooting from wherever on the court. It got to the point where Whenever he got a double team, it was a layup for the Warriors. Like, it was just crazy. Like, he was not missing in that playoff series. And, and that's when I knew he arrived. And he was also hitting three-pointers and turning around in that series. So, you know, it's hard to tell someone how to shoot like Steph Curry, man. And his off-the-dribble shooting is crazy as well. Like, he could shoot off the dribble wild crazy. Really efficient. And, you know, a lot of people have been influenced to, you know, play like Curry. But, you know, Curry, I was really looking forward to him going back into Davidson mode. You know, I wasn't happy that Clay got hurt, and I wasn't happy that KD went to the Nets. But, you know, I look at the positive of the situation, I'm thinking, you know, Curry goes back into Davidson mode, but in the NBA. And I was looking forward to seeing Curry put up, like, crazy stats and, and, and seeing what he could do as an underdog, again, but this time a, a more polished version of Curry. Like this isn't Curry just coming into the A, and and, and he's trying to figure things out. But he did have things figured out. He's an MVP now. He's won chips. His game is polished at an all-time high. Everybody wants to draft Curry first on their fantasy team because they know Clay is hurt, KD is going. Everybody, I think I picked him with my sixth pick of the draft. I was happy people were passing the book. I'm like, oh. And then all of a sudden, you know, Curry broke his hand. That shit hurt me because, like I said, he's on my fantasy team, but also because I wanted to watch him ball out. You know, but I do have to hand it to Curry, though, because he came black to play to finish out the season, but the corona told him to chill out. And I think he was the first player in the A to be tested for the virus. So, 
and then and then after he got tested, I remember him having a press conference. I'm pretty sure it's probably something about the coronavirus, and he had to stop his own cough during the press conference. And that was his basketball skills coming into play because in basketball he learned how to stop on a dime, and that's exactly what he did with his cough. And, and but like I said, what I like about him coming coming back to play was the fact that you know there's a narrative that I really don't like is when a player's hurt and the season's over, they'll say why should a player come back? It's a waste of a season. But to me, I'm thinking. Like the fans want to see him play. It's that simple. And I get it. They're not gonna. They're not in it to win the chip this year. But I think it's something called for the love of the game. And I think, I think Curry possesses that. And it's something that, you know, money can't buy. And you know, respect is one of those things. And I think, I think Curry has earned that respect a long time ago. But you know, the level goes up a little bit when you see things like that happen. Uh, Plays embracing embracing the new changes of the team. Balling out gets hurt. Season is in the dumps in the drain. But he's like, nah, I'm still out here. I'm gonna get buckets. But you know, unfortunately, that wasn't in the cards. But you know, that showed me that Iverson, that Kobe, that Jordan, you know, that those kind of players had a positive impact on them, and that some things are actually bigger than the game. And, and I know Curry was slated to play in the Garden on March 21st. And I know he's going to try to lace him up and try to give us a light 50. You know, fortunately or unfortunately, we didn't know how much he was going to drop in the garden that day. And we might we might have got lucky. The Knicks might have dodged a bullet. You know, and that's another record that I want Melo to maintain for a while unless another Knicks player beats that record. And that's of the most points scored in the garden. And right now Melo has that record for 62 points. Kobe scored 61. And so has Harden. But the Harden one was nerve-wracking because he had 61 after Melo had 62. Because Kobe had the original record. Melo took it out. And then Harden was hunting it down. The Knicks were down by four with like eight seconds left. I'm just praying, like, if the Knicks don't score, set the clock run out. And I'm glad the Knicks obeyed that, man. Because did that Harden get that record? I would have hurt, man. I'm just trying to have Melo preserve all his records that he has and, and just hold that shit down as much as he can. But that Rockets game was crazy, though, because the Knicks were losing 108-101 with about a minute left. Like, and that, I'm thinking the game is over, but you know, in typical Nick fashion, in about 30 seconds, they get the lead. So with 30 seconds, they're up by one. Rockets score, they score back. So the Knicks are down by one. They don't score, Rockets up by three, and the game's over. You know, only the Knicks can give you that kind of excitement, that kind of roller coaster of emotion, have you thinking the game is over. It's down by seven with a minute left. But in seven, but in 30 seconds, score eight points in a row, and then still manage to lose the game. You know, it just, it just be like that, man. And, but, you know... Back to back to Steph Curry. Yeah, of course, I believe he has had a overall the main impact of players playing on the perimeter, showing crazy threes, especially on this generation. Like Curry, a lot of players, up and coming players, want to be like Curry. But you know, I think we failed to mention that Shaq was 
one of the main reasons why players started playing on the perimeter. Like, if you look at all the interviews of KG, Dirk, Tim Duncan, probably Keith Van Horn, Big Country, Country Reeves, Dan Reeves. I don't, I forgot his name. It's something Reeves. You know, so many of these players mentioned that whenever they, they played against Shaq, they know that they can't compete against him in the paint. And the only way they can play against Shaq is by being on the perimeter. And so as the game evolutionized, you'll see KG mid-range, Dirk mid-range. Tim Duncan got the post-game, obviously, but a lot of players started playing outside in the perimeter because they know Shaq didn't want to come out there, so... You know, a lot of this whole people leaving the paint shit had to do with Shaq. You know, I think we forgot to give Shaq his credit as well when it comes to a lot of reasons of why people are playing on the perimeter because a lot of these people didn't want to guard Shaq. They needed to find a way to neutralize Shaq, and that was bringing the big out on the perimeter. And even Shaq said it himself. Like, a lot of the players that he guarded that weren't considered great or considered average players would light him up. Like Michael Doliak. And I've seen that myself. Shaq would never come out to contest a Michael Doliak mid-range jumper off a pick and roll. And that should be automatic. Big country. Scored 26 points and Shaq in one half. All on mid-range jumpers. So, so eventually, I guess the league players and stuff, they realize that, hey, maybe you can have big people shoot. And and that's part of the reason why, you know, the game became more perimeter-oriented. And then Steph came and just blew the whole lid off. So in a, in a way, it was Shaq and Curry combined to me why the game has such, become such a big, big on perimeter play and, and all that stuff. And, you know, shout out to Shaq, shout out to Curry. And back to the Curry and the Warriors, you know, Curry and Clay. Next year, they're going to be like white vans because they're going to be back at it again. And that's going to be fun to watch. And I also feel like Curry grew out that beard to let us know that he's over 30 years old now. And I think he got tired of being called the baby face assassin. You know, they're going to be... Warriors, they're going to be right back in the thick of things, and it's going to be very interesting because LeBron's going to be in the 30 year of his contract, and I know he's feeling the pressure of delivering a ring in L.A., especially for the Lakers. And I think this is his best year to win it if the season that he can't cancel because, you know, they got A.D. balling. Colwell Pope found his rhythm. Danny Green hitting threes. Kuz posting his fits on the gram. You know, they got a lot of things going on. But a lot of these players on short-term contracts, like AD a free agent because he's a free agent. He didn't sign a long-term contract, and his house is on sale. Danny Green, I think he got an opt-out clause in his contract. Uh, Jared Dudley, the great Jared Dudley, he was a free agent after this year. You know, Lakers traded away a lot of players for AD, and... Just for just for it to end up in this kind of situation, and you know if LeBron don't win next year, it's gonna be a lot of pressure. You know when you become a Laker, and a lot of excellence is expected when you put on that jersey. You know Wilt delivered, Jerry West delivered, 
Kobe, Magic, Kareem, Shaq, Kobe. Where there's a lot of players that put on that you know championship, put on that jersey and won. You know the ones that come to mind that don't are Dwight, Gary Payton, and Malone, but. Let me paint him alone. They were probably prom. Some people don't really remember that, but people do remember the white gang. They're not winning. And I think, in a way, it would affect LeBron's legacy if you don't get one for the Lakers. But I don't think it's the end all be all of LeBron's legacy is almost like him, Jordan on the Wizards, basically. Like, like Jordan on the Wizards, but a better version of Jordan on the Wizards because he's younger and more healthy, you know. Because Jordan, his ribs were broken. His knee was tendonitis or arthritis. Some kind of itis in his knee. You know, LeBron has done a great job of keeping himself healthy. You know, in third year, when there's no ring after the second year, you're going to feel that pressure. And you're going to feel that pressure. And LeBron could be, he might just opt out too. Like, we don't know what to expect of LeBron in terms of, of what he's going to do because... You know, he has that opt-out clause from next year, too. And he might, I don't know. But just know next year's going to be a pressure for a lot of teams. And Lakers is definitely one of them. And, you know, the Bucks. Let's go to the Bucks. The Bucks. Out the Buccaneers with Tom Brady. I'm talking about the Milwaukee Bucks. You know, they could say what they want, too. But if they don't win by next year, they're going to go through wholesale changes as well. Because every team has a... A four to five year window. Not every team, but every core group of players have a four to five year window. Because if it don't work, it's gonna be time to hit the reset button. And and as lengthy as the Bucks are, and if they don't win, you know some changes are gonna be made. So a lot of teams that under a lot of pressure. You know, in the upcoming season, you know, the Nets, they're going to be healthy next year. Hopefully. I'm saying that because you just never know with the Achilles injury and Kyrie's been injury prone as of late. And I wish them to be healthy. But I still want them to lose in the second round of the playoffs. That's just straight facts. That's just actually scary if the Bucks don't win and the Nets have their core. The Celtics are booming. That's an Atlantic Division nightmare for a guy like me. But Philly on the clock, too, though. Let's not forget about that. I know they got Ben Simi and Embiid got contracts for, like, the next three or four years. I just know. if if there's, I just know things going to be looking different if there's no championship appearance by next season. You know, action is going to be taken by all of these teams. And I just mentioned, like, about seven teams. Celtics. Clip. I didn't mention the Clippers, but I'll get to them, I guess. Celtics, Nets, Bucks, Sixers, Lakers. Oh, I guess it's just five teams, but just know that all these teams are under pressure and only one team can win the chip. So, it's just crazy. Like, all these teams are very talented and it's all going to come down to is who's healthy and who's clicking at the right time. And... Now that I mentioned the Clippers, I feel like they're definitely out here, man. They're ready to, ready to peak and make moves in L.A. As far as their contracts and the players that they got, 
Now you got Kawhi for another three years. You got PG for another three years. Healthy in their prime. They're about like 27, 28, 29 or whatever. And then, yeah. I like what the Clippers got going on with their role players and their franchise players. And you know, when it comes to the Celtics, we want to see what Tatum is made out of as well. You know, they got Kemba locked in for the next few years. And they got Marcus Smart, Marcus Smart locked in for the next few years. Jalen Brown. So they sort of hit the reset with Kyrie dipping. So that team, I feel like, has a new window. And they got rid of Al Horford and all that shit. So I'm interested to see what Jason Tatum does. Like I said, it just pisses me off that he's on the Celtics, man. And Phoenix, the Suns, the Suns. They got to do something with the talent that they got, too, over there. You know? But they did make strides this season, and they should be a playoff team by 2022, the latest. And next season, I expect them to compete for a playoff spot. And, and really, at least get the AC or, or maybe the ninth. Because, you know, we got to see improvement from, not Devin Booker, but Aiden Oubre and other pieces they have over there. And, and see how, you know, Booker could probably improve on the defensive side of the ball. And about Minnesota, honestly, I don't know what to say at this point. But prayers for Cat, and that's definite. But, yeah, all of these teams are on their clock. And with that being said, only one of these teams can win. That's crazy. I didn't even mention the Blazers. Their window was on the clock as well. How long is that Lillard, C.J. McCollum wave going to last, you know? I know Dame signed like a five-year extension, McCollum four-year extension, but they've been losing to the Warriors for a while now. And, you know, this was a year to sort of change the narrative, but they're on the outside looking in right now. But for all we know, the season might be canceled, so... So they might get a couple more years together, little than TJ. Hopefully close out their career together, but you just never know when it's nowadays in the NBA. And so many teams on the clock for the next year or two. That's crazy. You know, it's crazy. All these teams that are put together and then a lot of times they feel like there's nothing to show for it. Until five or six, seven years pass down, you know, you look back like, oh, that team was pretty talented. That team was pretty good. You know, certain teams that are constructed now, they got, they could possibly be ahead of their time or behind their time, but sometimes it just comes down to injuries and who's healthy at the right time or the right matchups. Sometimes the team's not better, just got the better matchup. And then because of that, but one thing I do know is that the 2021 season is going to be, off-season going to be crazy. And I feel like everybody's going to be a free agent. And if you name a player, they're going to be a free agent. That's literally next summer. And as a Knicks fan, I, I never really look forward to none of this free agent bullshit. You never really get that much excited news. 
I don't know what's going to happen. The media is going to say, hey, the Knicks are interested in all the good players. And the media is going to be like, hey, y'all not getting them. And we're going to be like, okay, we won't get them. And then we don't get them. And then, ha, we told you guys you weren't getting them. And then, boom, we don't get them. Memes all over the place. I'm getting tagged in them. You know, us Knicks fans already dealt with enough pain last year, so, you know, next year, when it comes to that free agency class, it won't bother us as much. And I'm just saying that now. You know, of course, afterwards, you're going to mention how the Dolan trade, tirade. Yeah, the Dolan tirade going to be real, man. You know, as long as Dolan is there, blah, blah. It's going to be like history repeating itself all over again. So that's why next year and the rest of the season, Rest of this season, if it continues, the Knicks need to keep building from the ground up and, and mind their own business. And I think the Knicks, you guys start playing the role of a Don Diva. You know, instead of being all thirsty and shit for these players, you just got to play it cool and act like a team that's the most valuable franchise in the NBA instead of its winning percentage in the past few years. And that's part of the culture change. You got to act. I mean, yeah, it's acting, but so what? You got to act like we're an actual NBA team that wants to win. You know, sometimes you got to fake it till you make it. I was never really a fan of that shit, but if that's what we got to do, and let's just do that shit. Because next year, in free agency, I don't want the memes to be as harsh as it were last year. But more importantly, you know, I want to see more improvement from the team itself. And I was seeing a lot of improvement from R.J. Barrett and Mitchell Robinson this season. And even Frank Needy, you know, I feel like after it might be through his third year or his fourth year, but he seems more comfortable with his role. Now, I don't expect Frank Needy to be like a franchise changer, but I know what I'm getting out of him. He plays good defense. You know, as long as he could keep slowly improving his offensive game, I'm cool with keeping him. I know he's not the answer, but I know he's not the problem. You know, at least he's making his free throws. That's very important. So, I, I, now I've seen, like I mentioned earlier, I've seen R.J. Barrett making big strides and he was having some of his best games before this uh, season got canceled. So, I expect him to expand upon that next season. And Kevin Knox as well. I want to give Kevin Knox another chance. You know, he has all the tools to be become a great player, an NBA player. I mean, an NBA player, like a great solid player. And I want to give Dennis Smith Jr. another another shot as well because I know he had a tough start to the season and I don't know if he ever got to recover from that. You know, with all the things he had going on and then the Knicks rotation and just didn't seem to get set at all this season as, um, until Mike Miller came. And even then, he showed us, Dennis Smith showed us that he could be a great player. You had those 15 points, seven assists, seven steal games. Picking up the pace. And I just wish the Knicks just let him play and be a loose cannon. You know, just flush out his ability. Let him be great. And I don't want to give up on him yet. I want to give him another shot. To see what he could really do or not. And, you know, a lot of players and not players, a lot of fans are talking about how it's been a wasted season for their team. But I'm not... As a Knicks fan, it's hard to say that if this was a wasted season. Like, 
I don't know if it impacts me the same way as a Knicks fan. I feel like a lot of us here are wasted, to be honest. So, we should, it's just like another year for us, right? So, I'd rather just start next year fresh, get Dennis Smith Jr. another chance, uh, Kevin Knox another chance, because I know these two players, they weren't given consistent minutes. And next year, I want them to be given consistent minutes, because I've seen what Dennis Smith Jr., when he gets some the chemistry rolling with Mitchell Roberts, I've seen them in a the pick and roll where the double Dennis, Mitchell Robinson dunk, the double Mitchell Robinson, Dennis Smith layup. You know, another thing with Dennis Smith is when he misses his lips, it looks cool, though. Like, his two for nine is different than someone else's two for nine. And he's an exciting player. When, you know, I've seen him when he locks in on defense. He makes shit happen. So, like I said, hopefully we keep him and Kevin Knox. You know, we got to develop these players. I don't. I didn't think we did a good job of developing Kevin Knox and Dennis Smith Jr. this year. I think we, we sort of hindered their progress, and I would like for us to change that next year. You know, they're young. Dennis Smith Jr. is like, what, 22? Kevin Knox is like, what, 21? These guys are young, man. Pro- develop these players. Develop these players, man. Give them a shot. Alonso Tria, whenever I see Tria play ball, that boy get busy, man. Whenever he comes into the game, he scores his 15 points. I don't care if his defense sucks, but there's so many times throughout the season where the Knicks can't score for four and a half minutes. And Cheers in the bench with a Blazers outfit on. Not like Portland Trailblazers, but he got like a Blazer outfit on. He got a Blazer on and shit. Chewing his gum and shit. Like, why is he chewing his gum with a Blazer on? He should be getting buckets. We haven't scored in the last four and a half minutes. So I definitely want to see RJ Barrett improve. I want to see Mitchell Robinson improve. And he's a funny dude. I like Mitchell Robinson. He's funny as hell. I want to see Kevin Knox improve. Dennis Smith Jr. improve. And I want to see Trier have playing time. You know, it's a solid young core. Just let him ball out. Let him develop. Let them figure it out. This is not a one-year a one-year plan. It's going to take a couple years, man, to, to really get all these guys together and build confidence. They got to build, it to, they got to build their confidence up together. You know, um, people think... People, the, us Knicks fans, we wanted instant, instant success for a while, and it's backfired on us heavily. You know, it worked out for us for about three seasons in the last 20 years. So let's take next year and, and continue to build this, build these players up and build the organization up and show us that we really care about our players and, and that we want them to be good, man. Um, now you look at Kawhi. He didn't come in the league killing. He was developed to a great player. Same thing with Paul and George. But let's go on with all that shit. But you know, I want the Knicks to be a team where they could take players that are are okay and make them good. If they're good, make them solid. And that's what we gotta do, man. We can't rely on these free agents to come here to, to save us. And we gotta save ourselves, man. That's what we got to do, save ourselves. And we got talent on our roster, and we just got to make shit happen. You know, sometimes it's not the players. Maybe it's, it's staff around us that we got to work on. You know, so, so Leon Rose, hopefully he figures that out. You know, like I said, I want to keep Mike Miller on his team. I like, I, like the, I like how the players really fuck with him, showing respect. So with that being said, I want to keep Dennis Smith Jr. I want to keep Kevin Knox. Let them ball out next year. And then we, after next year is when we really figure out who we're keeping and who's leaving. But on that note, 
And I'm at out, guys. It's episode 18. And y'all stay safe out there. I know they're trying to open up the world again and just be safe, man. Because this one we think is safe. Ooh, another wave of this and that. So just be safe and, and just enjoy every just enjoy every moment out there, man. Y'all be good. I'm out.